Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to see you in the show. Hello gorgeous and welcome to this podcast episode. Before I dive right into the juice of this episode, I have something to share with you. Something uh, very exciting and slightly terrifying. Uh, I wonder I wonder if some of you can guess. Some of you, if you watch me on Instagram stories, you might be able to guess this. And that is that I am going to Bali in um, about three weeks' time, which, I mean, pre-pandemic, that wouldn't have sounded like such a big deal, but <laughs> it's actually kind of a really big deal. And it's a really big deal because of my body autonomy status as well, that I'm going overseas and I'm, I'm going to test out living there basically. So I'm going to live for a few months and, uh, just see how I like it. I am thinking I would love to come back to Australia over Christmas and I think that will be a good time to decide whether I want to stay in Bali and so I can finish packing up my stuff here um, and make the full move if that's what I want to do or otherwise I'm just going to have a few months in Bali. So either way, it's exciting and it's also really terrifying. I'm actually, I've been very surprised at how much fear has come up for me around going to Bali and also just leaving the kind of safe, stable, secure lifestyle that I've built for myself here over the last couple of years through the pandemic. So, uh, this is, these are going to be the last podcasts I actually record in Australia, at least for now. Uh, and then my next ones, We'll be coming to you from the island of Bali. And another exciting thing about uh, that has occurred because I'm going to Bali is that I have bought a new lens for my camera. So if you've been listening to this podcast regularly for the last few months, you'll know that I recently started filming myself recording these podcast episodes so that I can create little snippets for you to share on Instagram. And I'd also love to actually get these up on YouTube soon as well. And I realized the 50 mil lens I had actually wasn't that ideal for filming myself. Um, and I did a bit of research and anyway, I just bought a 20 mil lens as that was the one recommended just, you know, by everyone on YouTube, uh, for vlogging and it arrived a couple of days ago and I'm using it right now. And I am obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. I'm so in love with it. I can't believe how in love with this camera I am. And it's making me 
really want to vlog. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be trying out some vlogging, uh, maybe like my move to Bali and in Bali. I know I told you guys I recorded videos to create a vlog of my writing retreat and I just haven't put it together yet. So I would love to do that in the next couple of weeks. The footage from that is not going to be so good because it was filmed on a 50 mil lens. And you know, that's just actually like too close to my face if I'm holding the camera and I, anyway, whatevs, that'll be coming out soon. And, uh, and then I'm going to be, yeah, having some vlogs with this 20 mil lens, which is just amazing. I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm just frothing over this lens right now. All right. So let's get into the podcast episode. This is something very relevant that has come up with a few of the women in the mastermind recently. And, you know, honestly, it's, you know, it's something that I come across, um, not, not, not often, like, (laughs) I guess, I guess I could say often, that would be another way of saying it with people, which is, experiencing not feeling connected to your vision or maybe just feeling a bit flat about it or not or feeling like you don't know what is the bigger picture vision that you really want and maybe finding it hard to work on the obvious things that are in front of you right now because there's a part of you that's like where is all this going you know what is this all for what do i really want is this really taking me in the direction i want right so That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, what to do when you're experiencing that and, you know, how to know if that's ego or not. Is there a way you can be connected to your vision? Do you need to be connected to your vision? What do you do when you're in that kind of, let's maybe call it a vision slump. It's just a bit of a slump where you're either not feeling connected to what you thought you wanted, or you're actually just not clear on what you want bigger picture. And that's making it hard for you to move forward right now. So what, what happens that uh, there's, you know, this isn't really clear cut. Uh, This is something that's actually a lot easier to coach someone on one-to-one because there are quite a few different things that could be happening if this is what you're experiencing. But I'm going to list through what I think are like the major categories it could be falling into if you're experiencing this. And then I'm going to share things that anyone can do, no matter what it is that's causing this to support you to feel um, on track and be living your true nature and purpose, because that's what you want. You want to be living your true nature and purpose. So some of the reasons that you might be experiencing this disconnection. So one of them might be that you actually just haven't allowed yourself to realize yet what it is that you would truly love. And this is super normal. Like this is very normal. And I just got distracted for a second because I said the word super. And I, you know, I haven't said this to anyone yet, but this is a thing that keeps happening. And I laugh at myself whenever it happens. (laughs) So sometimes in my journaling, I think this it's yeah, it usually happens in my journaling or maybe talking to myself. I talk to myself a lot where I say to myself, superhuman, as in very human, you know, like so human as, you know, kind of your egoic side, like it's, that's so human. But when I say I'm superhuman uh, or something is superhuman, 
Then once I actually say it or write it down, I realize that that sounds like, you know, like super superior above, um, kind of super, like Superman. Right. And then I always laugh to myself because what it, what I'm wanting to say is literally the opposite of that. Like I'm really human. But then when I say super to be really human, it turns out that I'm saying I'm superhuman. Um, so anyways, <laughs> side note, <laughs> not sure if you can relate, not sure if that's ever happened to you before, but let's get back to, uh, let's get back to super. What was I saying was super? Um, oh, it's super normal. Yes. If you, uh, haven't allowed yourself to actually realize what you would truly love. So a lot of the times we don't even connect with this because it feels not viable to our ego. So, and, and so we, before we are even aware of it, we edit it out, right? It is there. You do know what you love. You, you do know what um, would bring you the highest fulfillment to be, do, create in this life. But what we do is we edit it out before we even become aware of it because it seems like that's not viable. That's not possible. That could never work out. I can't see how that could happen. So this is one very common thing that could be happening is that you actually just haven't let yourself realize what you want because you don't think it's viable, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to share later in this episode what to do if that's what you're experiencing. But that's one thing. And, you know, I actually notice small ways in which this happens continuously throughout my daily life. And I have to catch myself, you know, I'll realize there's this thing I, I want or I'm going for. And before I've even fully let myself realize what I want, I've already edited it back based on what I think is possible, based on what I think is a financial possibility for me right now or what I project forward is going to be possible and really often comes through financially that it's just an automatic editing mechanism of what's possible, what's affordable before you've even let yourself just connect with the truth of what it is that you would love. You've started editing it based on conditions and circumstances that you believe um, are going to dictate you know, what it is you can actually create. So that's just a a very common thing that um, can be playing out and does play out in these small ways constantly for all of us every day. So it's actually a very good thing to practice becoming aware of, you know, and, and it's really a practice for me being aware of that and going, okay, but what do I really want? Okay, but what do I really want? Okay, but if I put that aside, what do I actually want? So that I can let myself even first know what it is I really want, you know, whether that's what I actually get in the end or not is irrelevant. What we, you know, we want to have this practice of actually what's true, what would I love, what's in my heart, and then take the steps to create that rather than editing it before we even get a chance to realize what it is we'd really love. So the second really common thing that could be happening if you're feeling 
disconnected from your vision, you don't know what you want, or you're not feeling any passion about it, and it's got you questioning it, is that you're experiencing egoic tension. <laughs> this, this is going to happen. Like this is just going to happen, right? So sometimes the thing we would love doesn't feel good. Going for it doesn't feel good. Maybe a whole stage of going for it doesn't feel good. Maybe even thinking about it, you know, at times or a lot of the time doesn't feel good, right? One of my mentors, William Whitecloud, says something like, <laughs> some good start, isn't it? It is something like um, the, the level, you won't always feel passionate about what you love. You won't always feel, you know, that sense of love or passion or excitement about it because your ego is also present and your ego is also having a relationship towards what you love. So you can think of, think of your vision, what you would love to create, what's true to your pure creative spirit, your soul, however you might like to think of it, just your heart, um, your your greatness or your creative spirit has a relationship to that thing. And that aspect of yourself loves it. You know, it's, it it totally is what just brings it joy for no other sake than to have it or experience it or have created it. But then your ego has a relationship to it. And the way we experience our ego is in very strong <laughs> sensations in our system, or it can be totally numbing out of sensation. So we experience often quite strongly our ego's relationship to our vision. So something that can be happening is just that what you're feeling is the egoic tension and the egoic tension does not feel like passion does not, does not feel like love. The egoic tension is like, well, it could be anything, but it could be totally numbing out to it because it feels, you know, your ego's relationship could be that it's just totally not possible. Um, it's not going to happen for you. It could be this extreme discomfort. It could be even really feeling like you hate it or you really don't like it. Or you're like, why am I doing this? Um, this isn't what I want to do, or I don't feel any passion about it. But maybe, or maybe slash sometimes, your ego just isn't feeling passion about it. And what's up in your ego is actually predominant in your uh, awareness. And so that's why you're feeling that about your vision or about what you're going for. I can think of so many times this has happened to me. I can think of um, a few different examples. I'm going to give you two. Okay. So one of them is with one-to-one coaching. I used to think early on in my coaching, maybe not the very beginning, but once I started running workshops and courses and doing a bit more coaching, let's say, I used to think I didn't like one-to-one coaching that much. And I felt like I liked running courses a lot better. And I do love running courses. And, you know, it's not about whether the entirety of that statement is true. But the thing that I now realize was that I just actually had a lot of egoic tension around coaching. And 
I, you know, there, it just felt like much higher stakes that someone was with me one-to-one for an hour. They were paying me for it. And this tension around needing to be able to help them, needing to be able to give them value and um, needing, wanting to be good enough, all of these egoic things that wanted to be fulfilled. I want the person to think I'm good. I want them to think it was worth their money. I want them to feel like they got massive value from it and a massive breakthrough because otherwise I'll feel like an unworthy bad person, right? And that was all my egoic relationship to coaching. And it was that egoic relationship that created the tension that made one-to-one coaching feel less comfortable than teaching something. Because when I was teaching something, there was less one-to-one focus. There was less even unknown, right? In a, in a coaching session, there's so much unknown. You, you step into it and you've got to really, I mean, if you're going to do coaching well, honestly, you can't plan the whole thing out. Like you, you're going to be responding to what comes up and, and it's, it's a total res- responding type um, situation and very much stepping into the unknown. And with teaching, I can go, well, this is what I'm teaching. This is the class. This is the exercises you're going to do, right? So there was less egoic tension for me around teaching. And that's what was causing that feeling where I thought, okay, well, I probably, you know, I don't want to make one-to-one coaching a big part of what I do. Like I'll keep doing it, you know, because I, I did like it. Um, but I think courses and teaching is more my thing. I now realize that's that's not true. I actually love coaching. I love my one-to-one coaching so much. I probably at the moment, I love uh, showing up to coaching sessions uh, and group coaching in my mastermind, maybe even more than running um, running courses. So you can see like sometimes it's just about our egoic tension. And it's not about the truth of the thing. So now that I am a very developed coach, I have been coaching for a really long time. I have a lot of evidence uh, behind my coaching in terms of personal evidence for me to be able to go, okay, yeah, um, this I, I know that this is what people get out of sessions. And, and I have a really, really good coaching structure um, so that I can step into the unknown every session and and know that we're always going to get, you know, we're always going to get the thing that the person needed by the end of it. And, and so having that, I, I don't have so much of that egoic stuff come up around walking into a coaching session. Um, so you can see that me feeling not passionate about it or like I didn't love it earlier on was not actually about the truth of coaching. It was my egoic relationship to the coaching, right? And so another example I'm going to give, actually, I didn't think I was going to give this example, but this is going to be my second one. It's a really good one, uh, is speaking, right? So I, uh, when I lived in Melbourne and before COVID, <laughs> I would do uh, quite a bit of speaking at events and I love speaking. And I just know, I just know I've got all this passion about speaking. I did Toastmasters for a long time and I loved that. I just, 
I was just in my greatness at Toastmasters. It just radiated off of me and I uh, did very well in contests and I loved it. Then when I went to do my first talk in front of a group of women, so I got this lined up and at first, obviously I was so excited. Yes, gonna got this speech. I've got all these, like these speeches lined up. Or maybe I just had that first one the first time. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I just had that first one. And I, you know, it was something that I really wanted. And oh my God, the day of that speech that I was meant to be doing, I felt sick. I, I just felt physically sick. I, I felt so horrible. I felt so unworthy. I felt so like, how can I get out of this? This is so horrible. Oh my God. And I remember thinking to myself, why have I done this to myself? Why have I done this to myself? Oh my God, no, how can I make this go away? And then I remember going down the street to get a coffee and running into these two people I knew and just crying and telling them that I was going to be doing this speech that night. And I have had a similar experience, not as extreme and necessarily crying, but that same feeling and then the same thoughts coming into my head saying, why did I do this to myself? I'm never doing this to myself again. Oh my God, why did I do this? And then I actually do the thing and I love it, right? And so this has happened to me in, in even free classes that I've ran online. I remember my first Money Queen launch. And so uh, at my first Money Queen launch, I had already ran multiple money courses and launched uh, those courses. So it wasn't like I'd never done it before, but I remember all the same stuff came up and I don't think I felt good or like a, like a big sense of passional love through that launch period. I remember the free class. I think it was the money queen launch. I remember the free class having that same feeling going, why am I doing this to myself? Oh my God. I like, why? And just feeling so intensely uncomfortable but then I loved it. I loved it. And I loved running the program. And I do love that program. I love sharing that program. I just love it. But I don't always feel like I love it. And I don't always feel like I like it. And I don't always feel passion towards it. And this goes for everything, right? Same with this podcast. Oh my gosh, I've spoken that, about that before on this podcast. It's actually, it's shifted a fair bit now, but I can very much feel like, oh, I want to record my podcast episodes. This actually hasn't happened for a while, but this used to be what I felt like. And then I would start recording them and I would just be high on it. I would love it. And sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I would feel shit. And sometimes I have even record, re-recorded a few of them. Cause I was like, Oh, I just feel like that was crap. Right. But none of that is an indication of whether it's true for me or not. Right. All that's coming up along the way is my egoic relationship to those things. So that's what I want you to think about. Sometimes when you're not feeling connected to your vision and it all just feels a bit like, do I really want this? Like I felt with coaching. Oh, do I really, you know, do I really want to do one-to-one coaching? Yeah, I freaking do want to do one-to-one coaching, but my ego doesn't. 
because it's uncomfortable because people are paying me money and my ego wants people, everyone to think that I'm good and amazing and like they got so much value and they're so blown away and it was a life-changing experience because that's going to make my, my ego feel valid and worthy, okay? So going for what you love always entails holding a certain level of tension and understanding that your ego has a relationship to what you love as well. And so when you feel disconnected, not passionate, not sure if it's what you want, sometimes that's actually just your ego's relationship and not an indicator at all of whether it's true for you and whether you you truly love it. It's true to your heart. It's something that your creative spirit would really love to be, do, create in this life. So that is, that's a second thing that could be happening. And then the third thing that I notice can be a part of this that I think, um, yeah, I'm just thinking about how I, I frame it. Uh, so there's kind of two ways that I want to come at it. Sometimes the thing that I can see that's presenting when you're having this experience is that you've just fallen into shoulds. You've just fallen into making your vision a to-do list. So no wonder you don't feel passionate about it. You just like, you've just made it mechanical. You've just made it a thing you have to achieve. You, you're just like, right, got to sit down at my desk at this time. What's my to-do list? And you have fallen into, um, a pattern of obligation with it rather than love, right? So that's another thing that can be happening. And what that can be, not again, not, I wouldn't say necessarily, is an egoic diversion strategy. So you've gone into an egoic agenda and an egoic relationship essentially, again, around the thing that you're creating rather than being in what you love about it. You're in the should, you're in the well, I, you know, I'm doing this to make money. And then you may be like, but is this really what I want to do to make money? But that's because you've, you know, you've diverted into, um, an, an egoic agenda around it rather than being in the true love of it. So sometimes all we need to do is actually, what if I just dropped all the shoulds? What are, what are all the things I'm shooting myself about? What are all the things that I have made really regimented and structured and planned that has actually taken me away from the creative essence of this? That's actually taken me away from what I love about this. So that's another thing that can be going on when you're feeling that disconnection from what you truly love. So what are we going to do about it? How can you change that? How can you be connected to what you love and have that North Star of your vision? So the first thing I'm going to say around this is that it comes down to tuning into what those heart desires are and choosing to go for them, choosing that vision, no matter how you feel, no matter whether you feel disconnected, passionate, any of those sorts of experiences you might really want to feel about it. If you didn't make that a condition there, but you just actually said, this is what I'm going for. This is what I know is true to my heart. Even if I don't 
feel it right now, even if I'm not feeling connected to that right now, I know that this is true. I know this is what I got and I'm going to choose it no matter how I feel about it, no matter how lit up, energized, passionate, motivated, inspired. You don't need to feel any of those things. I would even go as far as to say you don't need to feel any of those things to actually be connected to the vision. That's just what we think we need to feel. We think we need to feel a sense of connection in order to be connected. In order to be connected, you just actually have to choose it. And in choosing it, like you know, a lot of the time that will invoke those feelings. And sometimes those feelings won't be there, but that's not the indicator. The indicator is, am I choosing it? Am I putting aside all my other crap that's coming up and going, I'm going for this anyway. I'm stepping into the unknown with this anyway. So there's some ways that you can support yourself in this process that I want to share with you. And I guess the core fundamental one that we just need to cover before I I share some more tips and uh, practices that you can use is actually connecting to the truth of your vision. So obviously the first um, thing that I spoke about in this episode was where you actually just haven't let yourself see what that vision is yet. You haven't revealed that vision to yourself. So if that's the position that you're in, then the first step is going to be letting yourself start to see what that is, letting yourself uncover that. And the way that I would encourage you to, you know, start to explore that is to first understand anything that might be in the way of you letting yourself see that. So I would recommend just journaling and writing down, you know, what, what do I think I need, um, to be viable in my life? What do I think I need in order for my vision to be viable? And just self-consciously putting that aside and going, okay, I'm going to put that aside. Maybe it's Uh, It needs to be financially viable. Like, you know, maybe it's, maybe what you'd really love is acting, let's say. And you've got all these beliefs around not many people make it. I certainly wouldn't make it. It's dog eat dog. You've got to, you know, live poor and broke, you know, and um, not have the life basically you want in order to be an actor. Okay. So you just actually want to, just get down anything like that that would prevent you from even seeing what it is you would truly love. What do I think is viable in this life? What do I think is not viable? What do I think is possible? What do I think is not possible? And then put all of that aside. And then the next step is to ask yourself, what would I really love? If I put aside needing to know, needing to understand, needing to make sense, needing to fix, what would I love. If I, if I just put aside it needing to be possible, me needing to be capable of it, what would I truly love? And you might like to just journal on this. You might like to meditate on this. I've got a guided meditation called the land of plenty meditation. Um, it's also called the blue mist meditation. This is, uh, a meditation that's throughout um, traditions and I learned from my mentor, William Whitecloud. So I've got a um, recording of this on 
YouTube that you can go and look up, just search land of plenty meditation. And that space, that's just a guided meditation to take you to a place to realize the things that you would love and write them all down. So that's what I would recommend first. If you're feeling like you don't even know what it is that you would love. And what I would say about this before we move on is that it's okay if it's not really clear. And often we need to just step onto the path for the path to appear. Isn't that a Lao Tzu quote? Step onto the path and the path will appear or something like that. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily know everything straight away, but we create the space for more and more information and wisdom to drop in. You know, when I first started on my, I would say, personal development, spiritual development journey, I had just started my uh, full-time engineering job and I had got into um, this energetic healing and I went on an energetic healers retreat, like a training retreat, but I, but I was really going for my own transformation. And after that, you know, I didn't know, I didn't feel a sense of passion about pretty well anything, you know, and that was what I was like through my teenage years and what I, where I was in my early twenties. But I just decided to start doing things that were things I would never do and just follow my curiosity. This is the advice I always give people is just follow your curiosity because that's what will lead to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then more and more will be revealed. More and more will drop in. So, uh, I just started doing this random stuff. Um, and, and this, this, all of this is what has led me now to this business and coaching was starting with these things. So there was a buy swap sell group in the town that I lived in and people, would, it was pretty active. People would post on their, um, things that they wanted. And someone was asking someone to photograph their son's birthday. And I had a DSLR camera and I, I think no one else had, I don't think there was a photographer in town. <laughs> and so I said, yep, I'll do it. And I ph photographed her son's birthday, which for me is so out of my comfort zone. Like I have now realized about myself. I am someone that's just like a bit on the spectrum and I find new people, social groups of people. I can find that super uncomfortable, but I was like, yep, I didn't know these people at all. I'm just going to do it. And then someone had asked, um, someone to make an iPhone cake for the, for the girlfriend's birthday. And I know how to cook. I, I am confident that I can cook anything apart from maybe really high level complex things. And I was like, yep, I'll make the iPhone cake. And so I made the iPhone cake for $50. I, think I did the photos for $40, made the iPhone cake for $50. And the ingredients cost me at least $50 in the end, if not more. And, you know, and then that led to me going, you know what, I'm going to do a raw food market store because I was becoming obsessed with making raw food, uh, things, treats, recipes, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, that's something I'd never do. That's crazy, isn't it? I'm going to do a raw food market store. And that was where a woman in the town was like, you, that I knew, um, you should be thinking about this as a business. Here's some resources for you to get onto. This is Marie Folio, you know, all the, these um, female online entrepreneurs. And that introduced me to the world of business. And it was really, it's been an organic process through that, that 
then led me eventually to coaching and to building this business that I now have. And so I didn't have this full vision back when I took that first photography gig at at that woman's son's birthday, right? But I just stepped into the unknown and did things that were obvious and it kept leading to the next thing. And then before you know it, the, the floods of clarity and information will start coming in, right? So that's just a little example of you don't need to know it all and it's okay if you don't have clarity and if you just start off with a sense of something. I get a sense that I I would like this kind of experience in my life and just anchor in that, hold on to that and take obvious steps towards that. So that's for if you just feel like, oh, I just don't even know what it is, that will start giving you some clarity and just assume that's going to give you all the clarity you need right now on your path to taking your next steps and more and more information, more and more wisdom is going to come through as you move and take action and follow through. It's not going to come until you take action, which actually leads me to another point that was, that's been relevant to um, some of the people that I've helped this with recently is how, you know, it's, an e can be an ego strategy to need certainty about where something's leading, to need certainty about the bigger vision, to feel like you've got purpose in create in to taking that next step before you take it. So what can happen then is you go, well, I don't know if that's what I really want. I need I need certainty. I need purpose. I need to know that this is going to be worth it before I take this action. And then you just keep stalling yourself and you just keep staying stuck, right? And not moving forward. And then that can be one of the steps in your pattern to just staying in your comfort zone and not going for what your what you'd really love. Because your ego doesn't want you to go for what you'd really love. It doesn't think it's safe. Ego trying to keep you in safety. Um, so that can just be an ego strategy. And it can be an ego strategy, uh, sorry, probably should have put this in the section before, to become unclear and feel like I don't have clarity around what I want. This has actually happened to me with a lot of one-to-one clients or like a fair few one-to-one clients that I work with um, to feel confused and like I don't have clarity. When I'm like, you do have clarity. We've talked like, what? We've, we've just had these other sessions where we've got really clear on that. This is, this is what you're about. This is your message. This is what you want to share. And whatever different avenues you go about doing it, this is the essence of it. And, you know, we're so clear on that. And this person is so clear on that. And, and then it'll be a couple sessions later and they come in and they're like, oh, I just don't know what I want. I don't know, like I don't have clarity. I don't have clarity on what I'm about. I don't know what my message is. And I'm like, hang on a second. Yes, you do. You do. Like we've, we've had this breakthrough twice now, <laughs> you know, you do know. Your ego is just telling you that you're confused. Your ego is telling you that you don't know to throw up a smoke screen and distract you and divert you. And actually, now I think about it, this used to happen to me too um, in my business early on. I remember I would have like this total moments of clarity that, oh, 
oh my God, obviously I'm just going to do this, this, and this next, and I'll create this thing and I'll run this thing a few times and test it out and get some traction around it. And then it's like this fog would descend and I would totally forget about it until like six months later. That's like, that's part of the beauty of having a coach. That couldn't happen to me now <laughs> because I have a coach. Uh, but also I, I have strong enough practices that anchor me in what I'm going for that um, st- uh, practices and structures that I, I wouldn't just totally blank out and stuff like that anymore. But that can be another thing that's happening is it's your ego throwing up a smoke screen and going, oh, we don't know what we want. We're confused. I don't know what my vision is. When you do, you do, you just, your ego has come in and literally put up a smoke screen and blocked it out. So what what to do if that's occurring? If that's occurring, I would recommend um, doing a vision current reality. So writing down, okay, what's, what's all this, what's all my thoughts, feelings, beliefs coming up for me right now? Do a big inventory of that and then step into what would I love? If I put all of that aside and I connect with my heart and you might have ways that you like to do this as ways that I teach you in Superconscious Creatress. And also, you know, this is a big part of what we do in my mastermind, the Queen to Malcolm mastermind is processes around this to then refocus and reconnect with what would I love? And I think probably just even a number one thing that's really helpful in that process before you even start journaling out, okay, this is all the stuff that's coming up for me is to go, I do know what I want. This is a smokescreen. And you might even, you know, if this is something you do experience, I would even recommend that you write that down somewhere and stick it like near your computer, on your desk. I do know what I want. This is a smokescreen. That even that to begin with will actually start to break the hold of that pattern and because it will remove you from being in the experience to being an observer of the experience. So you're no longer it. You've actually removed yourself from being identified with it, which is the first step of um, stepping out of our ego is stepping out of being in it, in identification with it. So even that as a number one step, and then what's all the stuff that's coming up for me? What would I really love? That's how I would come at it if you're experiencing it as um, an egoic strategy. And then what it's really about is once you do have that North Star of this is my vision, choosing it no matter what you feel, going for it no matter what you feel, and not letting yourself go into doubt and questioning. So having ways that it's really anchored. Again, maybe you write it and put it somewhere on your desk. Maybe you do a morning practice of connecting with that vision or or having it just written down in a simple way. Or if you've got choices, um, which is something we create in Superconscious Creatress, you have a set of choices and you can anchor in those end results that you know, you can trust that they have come from your heart. You know, they've come from your heart, whether no matter what's going on in your ego, no matter if there's like a tornado and it's kind of a bit crazy and you don't know which way is up and which way is down, 
you can anchor and go, these, this is my North star, or these are my North stars. This is what I'm going for. Whether I feel like it right now or not, whether I feel like a total pile of shit right now or not, whether I'm like, why the hell did I do this? I'm never, ever doing it again. I've, I've also thought that at some of the times I was talking about earlier. I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. I just want to have a go and have a quiet life. You know, I don't want to be on a stage. I just want to like have a quiet cabin somewhere and be left alone. I don't want too much, you know, but, but that's all just coming from my ego going, God, I can't handle this tension, right? And if, if there is that strong discomfort coming up and it's the egoic tension, you just got to uncover, neutralize that egoic tension and hold your focus on what it is that you would love. Even if you don't know, even if you don't know if it's possible, you've got no certainty it's going to work out. You don't know, you know even if you're like, I don't know if this is what I would really love. It's the practice and the discipline of holding your focus, taking the next step, following what's obvious. And that is what is going to lead you to your vision. What is not going to lead you to your true vision is not doing anything because you're telling yourself you don't know, you're unsure, and you'll do something when you've got more clarity and certainty. That is what is not going to lead you to your vision. All right, so the extra um, tips uh, that I think are helpful for feeling connected to your vision, uh, I think you might be surprised by some of them. Maybe not. Depends how um, in my world you are. But some of the things that I feel can really help you connect within and to your core and your essence because that's what you really want to connect to, um, to, to feel that sense of connection to your vision. So an amazing way to do that is through pleasure, through the senses, through feeling, through sensation. Sometimes um, when we're feeling disconnected, we're actually just not feeling. We're not feeling. You know, we've blocked out feeling. And like I was mentioning earlier, we're maybe all in our head um, and we're in the shoulds. and. And when we're in that, we've like literally disconnected from our body and we're just in our head. So coming back into the body and feeling. One way that is an awesome way to do this is with pleasure, inviting in pleasure through your body, through your senses in any way you'd like to. That could be like luxurating and kind of rolling around in the sun. It could be sensually eating some delicious, juicy food. And it could be sexual pleasure. It can be any form of pleasure. It could be looking at like beautiful things or um, just stroking your skin. Or it could be bringing in uh, sexual pleasure, in which case I would really recommend some kind of sacred sexuality practice where you're actually using that energy to move it through and around your body and activate all of your different energy centers rather than just um, building pleasure in your pelvis. When you actually move it and you use it to connect all your energy centers and awaken your energy centers, that's an incredible way to feel connected to and in touch with your essence. And in doing that, that will connect you to 
the, the truth of what you love, what, what you're creating and your vision is honestly a really powerful way to do it. And that's why I've had my sacred money and power membership for the past two years, where we do a sex magic ritual once a month, which I'm closing very sadly, um, at the end of this month, but I've just, I've got the hit that it's no longer true for me to run that in that container. So I'm, I'm opening to the unknown of what's next there, but I will be actually setting up, um, a way that people can access and purchase those ritual replays, the sacred sexuality practices, if that is something that you would love to be able to access because they're so potent and so powerful. So through the senses, pleasure and also sacred sexuality practices, a great way to connect with your essence and connect with that that feeling of connection as well don't need it. It's not a requirement. It's not a condition to go for what you love, but it is a practice that will bring you into that connection with your essence. And then other practices are journaling, 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 journaling. is so awesome. I love journaling. You can discover so much through journaling. I pretty much always learn something that I wasn't consciously aware of. Basically, every time I journal. And I remember when I I first started journaling regularly, realizing this and how much just actually writing about something would uncover things I wasn't consciously aware of. And I would be like, oh my God, whoa, whoa. Oh, that's what's happening. That's so helpful. And uh, and then I would remember I would go through big stages of not journaling at all. And I would be like, why? And then I would do it again. I would be like, why haven't I done this the whole time? Literally every time I do this, I uncover things that are unconsciously driving and playing out for me. And then, you know, I might do it for a bit and then maybe not really do it for like an entire year. Uh, but I have a pretty good journaling practice now. It's not necessarily every day that I will get into like some meaty journaling, but it's, it's a very empowering tool and likely you've experienced that before. So I'm just encouraging you as that's another way to connect with what, to be connected to your vision and take that time to put the bullshit aside and put yourself in that space of not needing to achieve, not needing to know, not needing to know how something's possible and just writing. My heart truly desires this. What I would really love is this. If I let myself know my deepest purpose and essence, I would know this, you know, just, you can just use little phrases like that to help trigger that information to come through for you from your genius, from your superconscious. And they are, that's, I think that's, that's all the tips that I wanted to give around getting connected. Obviously there's, there's heaps of other things you could do. Sometimes exercise can be something that connects you to yourself, especially embodied, some kind of yoga, some kind of meditation, things like that can help. But also sometimes things like that aren't very helpful and you don't feel anything right. So what would be my top recommendations are more that um, pleasure and um, sacred sexuality practices and feeling, just feeling what's there. So you you might go into to, um, with the intention of 
inviting pleasure into your body. And in doing so, just realize that all there is is sadness, right? That's what you need to feel in order to get through to the connection. So it's it's going to look different ways, you know, at different times, but it's connecting to that feeling. How can you let yourself feel if you're feeling disconnected? Uh, and doing journaling, another really great practice that I would highly recommend. I feel like I've got to mention this last one and I feel like I need to put like a million caveats around it and so much explanation, but also something that can be helpful. And I'm not going to like go into the 1 million caveats, but is doing, um, using plant medicine. If you have a plant medicine that, you know, supports you to drop into your core and your essence, that can be something that um, that you experience from time to time. I'm absolutely not about dependency on plant medicine or you need to do it this often or this regularly or hand your power over to it. I see big issues with that and people kind of uh, pedestaling and handing power over to and not, not – um, taking the power to be within themselves and thinking that those individual experiences are going to solve their life's problems. They're not. They're an experience of connection and then you do the work. Like it's all about you doing the work of following through no matter how you feel and not expecting that something's going to magically solve things for you or that a breakthrough experience is magically going to solve things for, for you. Breakthrough experiences are awesome but they don't, they're not the thing that fundamentally changes your life. The, the thing that fundamentally changes your life is what you show up to and do each day. The training that you do in living your creative orientation and um, elevating out of your default egoic orientation, that's what changes your life. So doing a weekend uh, retreat or having um a session with someone or a, uh, a plant medicine journey where you have like a breakthrough experience is great. That feels awesome. feels like you've achieved a lot, but then it's living it and living, being able to actually stay anchored in your creative orientation. That's what's going to yield the changes in your life. That's why, you know, being in containers of support that support you over a longer period of time is so helpful for actually creating the real um, end results and the real life change that you desire because short, short containers, I mean, they just provide different things, right? So it's, I guess, just about knowing what's the thing that you need right now. You know, that's why I have my coaching as a 12-month program because I know that's how I can help people. Like if I were to try to make it like a really outcome-focused three-month coaching program and I was like, yes, come coach with me for three months, we'll achieve this outcome. Like you might get some good momentum up and you might achieve, like you might even like achieve kind of quite significant results in those three months. But then what tends to happen is you're going to gravitate back to your default if you're not really anchored in how to continue that work with yourself after that container, which so that's why I, 
I, it's true for me to have these longer containers of support that I have with my mastermind as well. Um, because that's, that's what's really going to, um, create the, the change and you actually really creating the end results that are beyond what you thought was possible and sustaining them and continuing that journey of expansion to your next level, next level, next level, rather than, you know, pulling back to where it was that you started um, or somehow just repeating the same old pattern after you have made progress or had a big win. Anyway, that's me getting slightly sidetracked, um, but just felt really relevant to what we were talking about. So I pray that this episode has served you um, and that, you know, that you choose something to implement from this. It could be something that I said that maybe doesn't even relate to the advice I was trying to give, something that just clicked in for you. I I want you to just tune in for a moment and go, what's the golden nugget for me here? What's the one thing for me to follow through on, implement, integrate from this podcast episode? So I'm excited for you. Remember, my Land of Plenty meditation is on YouTube if you do want to go and do that. And speaking of Land of Plenty, uh, my next round of Superconscious Creatress is coming up very soon. We're actually going to be starting in mid-October, which is so exciting. And Land of Plenty is actually something I get you to do at the end of that program after we've gone through training around your ego, your creative spirit, your intuition, how to use um, and access your intuition at will at any time, how to truly overcome your shit, not just have a breakthrough experience of seeing through it and then expecting that it's just going to dissolve and disappear, but how to truly do it. So this course is Honestly, it's suitable to everyone as a foundations course of being a powerful creator in your life and powerfully creating and manifesting your heart's vision and knowing what the fuck that is. And it's also in particular really uh, powerful for people who have done a lot of personal development before and maybe had a lot of breakthrough experiences before but still haven't actually been able to create the change that they really desire in their lives, this course is going to knock your socks off. This course is the course that you have been, or the information that's in the course, it's the information um, and the frameworks that you have been waiting for that's going to bring everything together that you've ever learned and you're going to go, oh, oh my God, this is how it all comes together and this is how what I've been doing before never was yielding at least long-term the results that I truly desire in my life. So if you would love to be a more powerful creator of your reality, of your experience in life, of manifesting your highest vision and potential for yourself, then I absolutely recommend that you check out Superconscious Creatress. I've got the link in the episode notes here. You can also find it via the link in my Instagram or directly on my website. 
And at this stage, you can sign up for the wait list and I will notify you when I open enrollments for the course itself. And if you do sign up for the wait list, you are going to be getting a hundred dollar off code for signing up to the course. So it is well worth signing up to the wait list. And I thought there was something else I wanted to mention around that, but I don't think so. I think that's it. Oh, I know. <laughs> Just after my big spiel about long containers, I wanted to mention and uh, speak to this being a short course because this is the course that's going to give you the information about how to take um, what I teach in this podcast, what I teach on my Instagram, um, how to take this forward to live as an empowered creator. And then if you want support in training in this in your life, in implementing this in your life, that's when to look at one of my longer containers. But it's you actually want to do this course before you do one of my longer containers because it's what's going to give you the context and the knowledge and the information to for me to train you in implementing in your daily life and implementing in your business afterwards. Because otherwise, if I took you into my one-to-one coaching without you having done this, I would be having to teach you all these concepts and teach you all these frameworks in our one-to-one coaching session. And that's just not fun for anyone. And it's not the best use of a coaching session. This is your place to learn it. This is your place to get the information. And then those longer containers are about training in the work and training in the implementation of the work and mastering the work in your life. So I just wanted to speak to that. Anyway, if you would, if you'd love to learn more about this, if you'd love to really get this roadmap and practical tools that you can use daily in your life to live from your power and stay anchored and connected in your vision, neutralize your ego, I highly recommend you check out this course coming up. It is, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough, honestly. Uh, the, the link is in all the places for you to find if you are interested and all the information is there if you want to read through it before you um, sign up to the wait list. All right, I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.